Hello. Welcome to Everyday Being. This is episode two of series two. I hope you're well. I hope uh, you are looking forward to our conversation today because I know that I am and I know that my dear friend Steve is as well, who is here. How are you, Steve? I'm good. Thanks, mate. Yeah. How's things with you? Yeah. All right, mate. Yeah. Thank you. Terrific. Yeah. We're uh, in all honesty, we're four hours later recording this than than we planned. We had planned (laughs) to record it a bit earlier in the the day, but events, dear boy, events. There you go. Just have to Um, roll with the punches or roll with the whatever it is they say. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think you do roll with punches don't you i think, I think, so, I think, yeah. so I think it's one of those things isn't it we just got yeah you just you know life never works out exactly the way you plan it planned it to does it so it's it's a good no, lesson it certainly does, it doesn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's certainly that well thank you thank you mate for being so understanding and flexible to for, for moving stuff around so thank you uh from me um so look welcome to another episode of of everyday being uh our podcast that's trying to bring to life what we call being uh which we think is just a simple understanding of how just a different view of how we think how we feel how we live our lives can just have such a powerful different impact on our well-being on our health um and general general happiness and what steve and i are trying to do with every episode is is build on our understanding and and to look at topics in different ways that that hopefully you can start to build your understanding or start to see and feel and think about differently that hopefully are just impacting you in the in the ways that we would we would love um as ever, if there is anything that you think or anything that sort of comes to you based on listening to our um, our podcast, um, please feel free to get in touch. Uh, you can find us at hello at everydaybeing.co.uk. You can follow us on Instagram at everyday.being. Um, and also you can follow us on Blogger, uh, where you'll find um, uh, some of our written thoughts, uh, which is slightly different, but clearly in a similar field. And that's uh, that is just every day being uh, since we were last together. Uh, there is a new uh, blog that's gone out. I've taken uh, the brave step of writing something down after Steve did an amazing job on our first uh, blog. So uh, please uh, feel free to um, uh, to read that. And again, any comments, please, please get in touch. Um we are hopeful in this series, as we talked about last time round, that uh, we will have guests join us in our conversation. We have got our first guest book that we're super excited about. Whether that will be episode three or episode four probably just depends on their uh, availability. Um, so, But uh, certainly in the next two episodes, we will have something very different where a guest joins us for, for the first time. So we are super excited about that. <laughs> um so on to on to today uh today we think actually this is something different so today's uh topic is speaking in public now we think that's a little bit different because actually it's a bit more specific maybe something that's a bit more doing than maybe some of our our previous topics like when we talked about well-being or we've talked about confidence or we've talked about some of the sort of founding or f- fundamentals of of being 
Um, but we just thought this was something really interesting because when people have got in touch with us, uh, actually it continues to be a theme and equally in some of the work that we do outside of the podcast, it is something that actually has just a, a profound and deep impact on people and, and can cause, you know, such concern or worry or has, has an impact. So we just thought it was just a lovely topic again, which we think is something that is simple and every day that we could just look at through the lens of, uh, of being now speaking in public when we were preparing this this isn't about presenting to a, a room in front of 500 people or speaking uh at conferences or being in um performances in whatever whatever way yes it, of course is those things but actually we, we did think about that sometimes going to speaking to strangers or meeting new people or having just to talk to small groups of people in a different setting maybe speaking publicly to salespeople or in shops and things like that those things actually can create nerves and worry people as well so in many ways it, we, we were just being quite broad with a specific topic when we're talking about uh, speaking in public so if you're somebody that actually doesn't do things like presentations or doesn't perform, don't think this isn't this isn't for you. Actually, hopefully there is something in what we talk about today where you go, oh, OK, I can I can see how that might resonate with me. And equally, and probably this is the last thing I'd say, is that actually it, it's it's not in essence about speaking in public this is just another way that we're just trying to bring to life that the impact of being can have and it's just a way of us representing it and and trying to communicate and talk about the simplicity of of what we think being is uh steve have i covered everything as the uh, as part of that introduction i think so that's pretty comprehensive <laughs> so in a way then it's anything to do with when you're out in the world Connected with other people, I guess, isn't it? Actually, is it? Yeah, is that too yeah. broad? Do you think we've no, got we've been know. enough more that we can chew here? I think for everything we're covering, I think it, it's relevant to it's relevant to that. I mean, in a way, I suppose what you're describing is, you know, how we show up with other people in different in different contexts. Um, yeah. And I suppose just as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, who hasn't probably had some nerves or um, <clears throat> a bit of fear or insecurity around certain situations to do with other people. Um, you know, it's not always like you said about when you're presenting to bigger groups. Um, it, it could be in all sorts of different contexts, how we can suddenly find ourselves feeling tongue-tied or feeling nervous, um, feeling reluctant to engage. I think that's probably quite a universal experience, you know, it, 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 at some time in our life or related to certain uh, situations or experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So do you want to sort of take us, take us into the topic and give us perhaps yeah. an overview and into some of your thoughts? Well, I guess I think when we were, <clears throat> when we were thinking about this um, and it's very interesting, I suppose, through, all the work I've done, you know, through with myself and and just in the work I've done with other people as well, how um, how universal it is. So, like I said, as you were describing it, and I think it's quite interesting. I always remember when I was doing my um, training as a sort of psychotherapist, and we were sort of looking back at things. One of the things that 
really struck me. I can't remember where where it came from, but as I was doing reading, you know, it was talking about the fact that, of course, through our evolution um, as human beings, we've we've survived because partly because of our ability to thrive in community with with other people. So our ability to um, sort of collaborate together <clears throat> and sort of live in, you know, ultimately live in tribes or communities that meant that as a relatively weak animal in the animal kingdom, <clears throat> we've been able to prosper and we've been able to survive. And so that that ability to um, get on with people is really important. And I suppose this, if you track it back as part of that, <clears throat> the worst thing for someone would have been to have been thrown out of the tribe. Because if you were thrown out of the tribe <clears throat> and sort of left to your own devices, then, it, you know, at times in our history, that was almost certain death. So I always thought that was quite interesting because then you can see that when we, um, when we communicate with other people or when we try and engage people in something or when we put ourselves out there, <clears throat> you know, a bit like my experience when we were talking about doing this podcast, you, know, you feel like you're putting yourself out there, then, of course, you risk rejection. You know, you risk other people not liking what you say or not agreeing with what you say or, you know, having a uh, coming at something from a different point of view. They might inadvertently take offence at what you say. You know, there's all sorts of reactions that you can have. And so I always thought that was quite helpful. I've always had that in mind when I've been working with people over the years, because I think it's quite helpful to realise you know, that's quite probably something that's sort of inbred into our DNA, really, that, that the, the people that have survived and prospered were those that weren't thrown out of the tribe, in a sense. And therefore, we're probably a bit sort of super sensitive to not not being rejected. Um, so I, I think that's a useful sort of context. Um, and I think then it for me, it then takes you to a place of saying, well, sometimes when you're expressing something that might be quite important or might be something that's a bit contentious in 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 what what you're saying or you're you're trying to get a particular point of view across that you know that someone else might have a slightly different point of view or you're trying to get a particular message across <clears throat> you can almost see that the the nature of that is to be nervous and I, I sometimes think that if we don't think that's the case, we feel like nerves are a bad thing. That we treat those nerves as something that shouldn't be present and that we shouldn't have. Perhaps rather than recognise, no, often, you know, when you're dealing with other people, then quite often as part of that, the nerves goes along with it, actually. Um, you know, I remember <clears throat> I read a while ago an interview with Sheila Hancock, you know, the actress. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, she's been in that industry for years, you know, on stage and TV and so on. And it, and she was saying she throws up every time before she goes on stage. And wow. she, still, she still has hypnotherapy to help her deal with her, with her nerves. And you think, wow, that's, you know, to keep doing something <laughs> that that 
to to sort of see well that's just that's just part of it and obviously she enjoy, presumably must enjoy the actual performing and so on once she's actually on the stage <clears throat> and then the other example just before I, I'll hand over to you then is that <clears throat> um there was a member someone I was being coached by he he was an American and he was saying a friend of his was a sports agent <clears throat> and um was being introduced to Pete Sampras, the tennis player, that what he'd retired. Hey. And it was someone that knew both of them that they were meeting for lunch. And this uh, person arrived early and so and, and Pete Sampras was there. So they were just he was just making small talk with him before the person that knew both of them arrived. And you know, he was just saying, Oh, I, I used to love watching you play tennis, you know, you're such a good player and so on. And he was saying, oh, one of the things that always struck me is you never seem to be affected by the circumstance of the game. You just were very even keeled and didn't look like you had the variations in emotions and stuff that lots of other players had. And apparently Pete Sampras said to him, oh, you couldn't be further from the truth. That wow. when you play a lot, particularly if you play a long game of tennis, he said, you have, you have every emotion you can imagine, you know, being really happy and really in the flow of it when you're doing well, feeling frustrated with yourself or frustrated with your opponent or frustrated with the umpire or the crowds getting on your nerves or whatever. He said you have the whole gamut of emotions, you know, over a long, over a long match. And the, this person said, but you never showed that. He said, how, how, how come that, you know, he said, well, he said, when I was a, an aspiring player and he said, you play, um, you know, on the sort of um, where you're interacting a lot with other players that are trying to get mm. onto the tour and be successful. You tend to stay in the same cheap hotels. You tend to have dinner together and so on because you're, you're, you're sort of comrades in that process. And he said, I realised quite quickly that a lot of the other players thought that the mental, in managing those emotions, that they thought that was something that you needed to do. And he said, I realized, no, that's part, that's the nature of the game. That's part of the game. You never, you will never get rid of that. That's just the nature of if you play tennis, you are going to experience whole gamut of emotions. So he said, so there's nothing to do because it they'll always, they'll always be there. And he thought, oh my, that's my competitive advantage. Because they're wow. they're trying to manage that. And he said, I realized, no, I don't need to to manage that i can focus on other things and the player the person said you know what did you focus on he said getting the ball back he said tennis <laughs> is a really simple sport he said you get the ball back keep it on court and make it as difficult as possible for your opponent to get it back and he said and there's a bit of strategy in between you know when you're sat down yeah, in yeah. games but he said but that that's it and he said the more energy you put into that the more successful you are and I and I always thought that was such a lovely example of someone that's understanding the nature, if you understand the nature of it, if you understand the nature of speaking up in public, expressing a point of view, being challenging sometimes, then nervousness sort of goes along with that. And if you see that that's the case, then you don't have to put energy into managing that you can put energy into other things which perhaps will will come on to what 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 is helpful to to focus on and in the, in the sheila hancock example 
I don't know if you know, what did she, so she was sick and incredibly nervous and hip, hip, um, hypnotherapy beforehand, but actually what, what about what happened now she managed with being in the moment when she was actually on stage performing? Do, do you know anything about that? No, I don't. I, 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 I suspect, I would imagine that once, quite often, and you, you quite often find this with people, um, where they're in situations that are sort of performance situations. I had this with, I was a member of a partner who was a, a litigation partner, a litigation lawyer. And oh, yeah. it was really interesting how all of the nerves um, and fear and doubt and all, everything was in the lead up. And then, uh, you know, a sense of what happens actually when you're in the hearing, you know, when you're in the hearing and then there's the, the judge and the other side and, and so on. And it was really interesting. At that point, he could just click out of that because he said, you have to be so present because you have to be present to what you're saying and doing. You have to be present to how that's landing with the judge. You have to see what the other side is saying in relation to what you're doing. So what he was describing was that you, you come right into the moment and you have to stay there and you can't, allow yourself to be distracted from that because you'll miss something. So I suspect often when people are on stage, they then get, they get lost in the moment of it. And the nerves are all about the thinking that, and the, and the what if, and all the rest of it, it's all what happens before. It, it's not actually, what happens in the moment because in the moment then you're laterally just in the flow of the experience it's like sometimes when people do presentations they'll say that they'll say oh god when i got into it i was really enjoying it <laughs> mm. because if if they can switch out of their thinking and just be in the moment they invariably find it's, it's really enjoyable because i think when you're in the moment by nature that is enjoyable you're you're at yeah. peace with yourself. You're at, you're at peace with your experience. You're just in the flow of your experience. In uh, in preparation for two, uh, today's episodes, I was thinking about some of my own experiences of, of speaking in, in public. And um, I remember two situations, both of which didn't, didn't really go, go well. Um, uh, and, uh, one one the first situation was gosh many 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 years ago and i was speaking it pub public in front of i don't know some hundred and fifty hundred people so you know a, a decent number not you know wasn't selling like wembley or anything like that but it was a you know a decent decent number and actually i was in that moment i was very low in confidence and belief so actually, I think where I was coming from and being was I was doubting myself quite a lot in 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 lots that I that I did. So you know, over a sustained man, many month period, um, and I got asked a question at a at an event in front of all these people, and um, absolutely went blank in the moment of I didn't expect that question, um, and very quickly got myself flustered paused mm. panicked fell over my words and you know i actually sort of 
didn't didn't particularly answer a question very very well. It wasn't particularly a difficult question, but and but but you know I I I didn't communicate very well, and I can I can just feel even now that panic that set in in those early milliseconds of where I where I was like, oh my god, where that where's that come from? Why is that person asked that question? What the hell am I going to say? Oh my god! How long have I been? How long have I not said something for? Oh my god! What must all these people think of of me? And it just, you know, it layered, layered on, on, on top of that. And um, you know, as ever with sort of somewhat sometimes bad experiences, that they stay with you far much longer than than any of the 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 good experiences. Yeah. Um, and and then that was very much of a where where my sort of general state of mind was as opposed to absolutely what was going on in the moment. But the in the moment just you know just had nowhere to go and it was just so low on low on confidence. Mm. Um, and then the other one is slightly slightly different, and I think I'm making a slightly different point on this was a uh, number of uh number of it goes back a number of years ago doesn't really matter when when it goes back to but i was on a i was on a um uh a reading job at, at church which you know sort of do every every now and now and then uh it's not a drama everyone takes the turn you got a sheet you know, you're barely reading in front of you know 50, 50 people that may or may not be be listening at that at that time um and weirdly me me being me i'd tried to do too much that that morning so i'd 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 run quite a distance not eaten beforehand not eaten afterwards shower change ran, ran to church and um <laughs> i was significantly lightheaded in in the moment when i was reading in front of all these people so like the experience came, came to me and I I read the same passage twice because I got completely lost of where 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 I was on this, and also I was like reading over like two pages, and um I assumed that the the sort of second that you know where where it ended on that page was the end of it, but failed to see that there was more on the other side, right. and and so when I sort of finished. I, you know, I remember to this day, sort of, you know, people just looking at me and sort of looking weirdly. And I sort of got back to the seat and sort of Katie sort of whispering to me, going, you didn't you didn't read it all. <laughs> um, and I was abs- <laughs> absolutely mortified and really significantly em- embarrassed about it. But again, I mean, look, I'm sure. The va- I'm sure there's nobody in that entire congregation that remembers it other than other than me. But every now and then I'll remember that moment and think, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. What must what must yeah. people think of me? And it's and it was absolutely the fear of being judged or the fear of what, what must the tribe think think of me to come back to how you sort of introduced it today. Yeah. Uh that means that sort of moment again lingers. And and gosh, how many times must I have done something like that over the years? You know, well over hundred hundred times. I don't remember any of them, any of them at all. I couldn't say you a word that I said, but I I can remember the look I had on somebody's face when they mm. were sort of trying to tell me that I was reading the same passage for the second time. Yeah. And knowing that I was then doing it for the second time. 
but there was nothing I could do. And then I was actually in that moment, but I can, I can still see that person's face. I can still, even to this day, just the sheer embarrassment uh, of it as well. Um, so, you know, it's these, these things, and, and uh, you know, as we've talked about on, you know, on our previous episodes, I mean, there's, they're just ridiculously in the past that absolutely don't matter. There's nothing I can do about them now. I mean, you know, I, I clearly make sure that I, I, I eat properly and don't try and do too much before I'm going to go and do something like that. Um, but it's just, it's just funny how these things do, do linger a little bit and, yeah. and have such a, such an impact. Really. Well, I've got one when I was, <clears throat> I must have been 12, 13. So I'm 54 now, so for over 40 years ago. And um, you used to have to read in front of the class, you know, you used to go around the class. I mean, I, I used to make myself ill to avoid it. I mean, I, I literally oh, make God. myself ill to, to not do it, to try and get, work out when it would come to me and I could could I skip it um but he'd often the teacher would often circle back to you but um that's how sort of um how much I try and avoid it <clears throat> but anyway one day yeah I didn't avoid it and I it the the passage I can't remember what the book was but I read it I read it as Celtic and it was Celtic you know obviously spelt the same same way yep. so I said I said Celtic and there was a little you know bubble of laughter across the classroom and that the teacher said oh surely Steve you meant Celtic you know and so I had to correct myself but even now you know <clears throat> all those years later and I as you know I spent a lot of my time actually talking in front of groups so you know I run training programs and and so on so you know that that development of <clears throat> that ability to, to do that has you know something I've worked and worked and worked on and even now when I run stuff I ran a program uh, that was it last week or the week before a sort of first in-person program for three years um you know an off-site program with some um uh sort of people from a law firm and you know I yeah when I you know when I was various I was sharing the sessions with someone else but you know, there were always moments where I was ner, ner you know, feeling the nerves in the morning, you know, because we do a review in the morning, or when I was delivering a session on something, um, it, that that's still that's still there. And I, like I said, I think the more we normalise that and just recognise it, sort of it, it's part of it. Um, and like you said, you know, who hasn't had? A, a, some situation where they've said the wrong thing or fumbled over their words or their mind has gone blank in a in a situation it's uh, it, 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 it i think it's quite a universal human experience actually yeah um i think i suppose what so yeah go on uh, no, I was I was going to slightly move it on. So I guess if I if I was if I was listening to this and I'd say, all right, Lance, um, <clears throat> you, you you have got some experiences where you either do this or do this badly. So so great that you can empathise with me because <laughs> I've got a hatred of speaking either to many people or or in any way form just publicly. So thanks very much for for saying yeah, it happens to you too. But quite frankly, what is what does being, what is everyday being? How can that help me? What what does that tell me that means that it could have a positive impact on me? Yeah, and I guess <clears throat> it's interesting because that's what I was going to come on to as well. So <laughs> great minds. Happy, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, so I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because and we've touched on this, I think, before around, you know, what, what can you be confident in, in a sense, you know, that because confidence, um, and that I suppose that confidence and that ability to be present, you know, sort of go hand in glove in a way, and. I think often if you're doing if you're doing something that's new that's different to what you've done before or um you're creating something that's new or different or expressing something that might be new or different if you think of it you can't really be confident in the outcome of that until you do it so confidence that feeling of confidence is an outcome, not a starting point. And I think that's such an important thing to see because so often people will say, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I wanna get more, um, I don't know, more confident in speaking in front of my team, for example, might be something. And yeah. you sometimes say, well, how often have you done it? And, and invariably the answer is, well, I haven't yet because I don't feel confident. <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of okay. Yeah, you. That's a, there's a bind. You know, you're 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 sort of stuck in that. So, um, so you have to put yourself in situations, and maybe, for example, if someone's a bit nervous of speaking in front of groups, starting with a with a group of two hundred people probably isn't the right place to start, really. Um, you might want to uh, graduate to that, you know, that that just be able to find other situations where you just gradually start to accumulate some experience that then starts to build that that confidence in terms of being able to do that. But I think also you can look at confidence in terms of what what can you be really confident in? And I suppose from an everyday being perspective, it's saying, well, the one thing I can be confident in is my being. That the one thing that is always present for me is the fact that I'm being, that I am aware, that I am having an experience and that I am present. So I think often when we're our most effective with when we're communicating to other people, we're engaging other people or, or we're doing, delivering a presentation or whatever, you know, anytime we're in, a situation that's involving us in interactions with other people. I think it's a real truism to say that when we feel that we're at our best, it's usually when we're just really present. We're just really present and we're fully engaged and fully involved in that in that situation, in that conversation, in that activity. And so I think that we can be confident in that. We can be confident in our ability to be engaged and to be present because if we are we're more likely to come across in the most effective way we're more likely to have an impact with with someone else if we're truly present with them so for example if i'm in a conversation and i'm fully engaged i might notice oh i said something there that the person I don't think understood or maybe seem to react a little bit to that. If I'm fully engaged, I notice that I can notice. Okay. And then, then I can do something with that. I say, Oh, Gareth, when I mentioned that you, you, you look like you weren't quite sure, or you maybe you've got a different 
point of view on that and you can then respond you can respond in the moment to that and it's different to what you were describing earlier like when someone asked a question and you were thinking why the hell did they ask that question that wasn't the question i thought though you can sort of see that sort of unintentionally rather than your your focus going onto the question it went into your head which was why did they ask that question what the, the you know and you you then instantly rather than being present and engaged with the questioner you were completely engaged in your own thinking yeah and sort of yeah. lost in that and then oh my god how long have i been thinking how long have i been disconnected you know not think not and, and of course you go into a slight panic mode then because of course there's no answer in that you know if you think of it that question of why did he ask that question it's like you got no chance of asking answering that in your head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so of course it's an unanswerable question <laughs> yeah whereas you know when we're engaged i don't know there's no right or wrong but you, you know you might have gone oh that's an interesting question that wasn't one i was thinking about beforehand tell me a bit more about what's behind the question for example that can be yeah, yeah 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 sometimes that's a really good question actually what's behind the question because then one it gives you time to pause and think but yeah. sometimes genuinely you are you know i often ask uh, someone i was coaching today asked me a question about intellect and you know i thought oh, that's an interesting question i, I, I don't quite understand that what, what you know, i said to him, i said what what's behind your question and then of course he just to telling me more about his thinking that had generated that that question so um i think often when we're when we're engaged we tend to go towards the other person we go towards the question whereas when we if we lack in a bit of confidence we tend to go into our head <clears throat> and then we lose our impact we lose our we lose our engagement so i think that that engagement that involvement is is the thing that we've got much more agency over and we can be much more confident in our ability to to be able to do that to be able to focus on that mm. yeah i was having a conversation uh last week with somebody at work who uh, started listening to to the to the uh podcast so it's great to to have them them along with us and we were talking about you know what was changing what were you noticing and it, he's he's working he's you know he's really good at his job but he's got a bit of a uh challenge with his team at, at the minute and there's a real sort of disconnect and he's you know trying to work hard on building building relationships and so we've been over a number of conversations we've been trying to work out about what could be some of the things that are meaning that there is this this disconnect and he's revealed over some of the sort of more recent conversations that it, it, he he's created a sort of uh his sorry, his own thinking has um, made him always create the impression with his team that he always knows an answer to any given question. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what what and what the question is, he will he will know. And it, you know, as ever, these things they come from a really you know well intended place of well, he, he thinks because he is the boss, he should always know the question, and that if he doesn't know the question, then he's not being a good boss, or he, it'll be a sense of weakness, and then people think he can't he can't do the the job. So he's trying to sort of demonstrate competency and demonstrate expertise to to be a good 
good person. Mm. Um, but 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 actually, you know, we were talking about what 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 probably is paying out, and he was saying, well, I don't know. I suspect at times, if I'm asked a question and I'm sort of, you know, bluffing an answer, I suspect people people will know. Um, and 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 he was sort of based on our conversations and listening to the podcast. He sort of he'd had a session over the last sort of week or so, and he was asked he was asked the question, and he said, but he said for well, the first time in this job, I said. I don't know the answer to that. That's a, that's that's a really really good really good question. I will I will find that out. And I sort of said, well, you know, how how did that feel? He said it was just so incredibly freeing. I was like, well, what you know, what what kind of impact did you have with the person? He's like, well, I, I don't know, but they seemed fine about me not knowing the not knowing the, the answer to the question. Yeah. And, and, and I was sort of playing back to him. I said, okay, so if you are the other person and you've got somebody in front of you that that you sense is making this up or bluffing or not telling the truth versus somebody in front of you that's saying, I don't know, but I will find out the answer. I was like, which but which of those two bosses do you, do you want to work for? Hmm. Um Clearly, the answer the answer is absolutely obvious, and I and, and I was saying so that you know that that is the difference. That is the the being in the moment. That's the connection that you're having with the individual. Where actually you're just being your honest, you know, your honest, true self, presenting yourself in 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 the natural way, rather than creating some kind of illusion, which people can probably see through. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I think. Um... It's interesting because to, to be able to do that takes confidence. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. I used to work with um, someone who was a, a partner in an accounting firm, and uh, he was really uh, – one of the things that really – I worked very closely with him. One thing that really impressed me was his willingness to say he wouldn't didn't know. It's like, I don't know. I saw him with a client once because he was sort of an entrepreneurial partner and he said yeah I, I don't know he said but tell me more let give me some more information so I can go away and find the right make sure I can find the right answer so again he would go with it he wouldn't just go oh leave it with me and I'll go away he would go I don't understand enough about it yet to be able to actually come back to you with an answer so he would then explore it with them and sometimes he find the answer then because he get a much better sense of um you know what they were really looking for or he'd just be able to go away and source the most effective answer for them um and someone today i was doing some coaching with is <laughs> she had this issue with with delegation and i was saying to her um how do, when you delegate how do you do it and i sort of knew the answer based on some of the things we've been talking about and she was going she was like, this is really embarrassing. Should I don't even want to tell you because I know it's not the right way to do it. <laughs> anyway, I went, it, it was a very tell approach, right, which then creates, okay. so I won't go into the full detail of it. But but what was really interesting, there's someone in her team who he engages with her in a completely different way. And <clears throat> I was saying to her, isn't it interesting that <clears throat> his he's more confident so he's more engaging with you he's much more confident to say i don't understand i need some more information can i talk this through with you some of the other people 
who perhaps aren't so confident, who then think they should know the answer, then don't come forward. And then that causes problems sort of further, further down the line. So I think in a way, you know, everything we've been talking about, everyday being and what what does being really mean, that the more that's our reference point, the more our sort of sense of self is sort of anchored in that being, is anchored in, um, you know, who I am in my essence, that that knowing awareness, that knowing presence, the more we live our life from that place, that means that we're more in the moment anyway. But also we can be confident in that because that is the essence of who we are. And so if that becomes our reference point, when we're dealing with something we've never dealt with before, or we're dealing with a situation that feels quite difficult and challenging or people being quite awkward or whatever if we've got that reference point it just gives us we're a more solid ground in order to the way that we then engage with that the way that we work our way through that so I think lots of the other stuff we've been talking about you know becomes really quite sort of central to this because I think often you know we mentioned investment involvement before you know this yeah. which is George Pransky's lovely sort of way of describing two key dynamics and I think often when people struggle in relation to other people speaking up in public or whatever it if you think about our being is something that we have anyway we always have <laughs> the investments is describing how unintentionally we get in the way of that. So in a way, it's not what we need to do to be engaged, to be involved. It's like, no, we do that very naturally. Children, you know, young, we keep using young children, but they are a beautiful example of that. It's the investment as we think, oh, what's he going to think of me? And we, I, I hope she likes me. I hope they agree with what I'm saying. I hope they think this is sort of impactful. You know, it's all of... Um, it's all of that investment in the outcome, in the things we don't control, what other people are going to think of us, how they're going to react, what questions they might ask, whether they agree with us or not. If you think of it, we have no control over that. No. If you think of it, they don't even control that. Because as <laughs> we've been talking about, no one controls their thoughts and views. <laughs> so they don't even control what they think of you. It's like, so if, if they don't control what they think of you, You've got no, you've got no chance <laughs> of doing it. But the more we get invested, because it drags our attention, it sort of drags our attention into the future. That on something we've got no control over. But of yeah. course, also the impact is it takes away from our engagement. So it takes away from our ability to be present and engaged in the moment. So not only is it focusing on something that we've got no chance of uh, controlling. It also takes away from the very thing that can make us more impactful, that can give us the best chance of being successful <laughs> and being able to uh, influence someone or get our message across, which is the quality of our engagement. So mm -hmm. you can, so I think it's quite helpful to see it, it's more, often it's more the things we do that take us away from it 
rather than what we need to do to be present. It's like, no, that's built in. But the investment, that's when we get ourselves into to real problems and difficulties. And that sort of over, which causes then a busy mind and overthinking things. Um, and that really gets in the way of the quality of our engagement. So I guess, so the involvement investment is when we are too, just playing back what you said really, was when we get too invested in people saying, I've done a great job, I spoke really well, uh, I was very impressive, uh, you know, in whatever way it is, uh, it is that sense of, uh, I don't know, that overwhelming sense of, uh, as you said, control people controlling what people think of you that has such that profound effect on on our performance yeah versus when we come from a place of understanding our experience understanding that we're having an experience understanding that we can't control what other people think uh we we ultimately lower our investment in that outcome that you know, it is not something uh, it's easy to say, really hard to do. We just genuinely don't care what people think of us. What we do is the things that we can control is our control. The, the things that we can focus on is our, as you said, our engagement in the, in the moment, our, pre our presence in that experience and, and what we are doing there. And by driving that up and avoiding the, their attachment to what others may think or how it will go or whatever that 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 ultimately will create a very different experience than collapse yeah. you know profound effect again on our well-being and our happiness yeah absolutely and i think just to then ground that some more but one of the things <clears throat> you know i'm often working with people where they've got some tricky conversations might be with a one-to-one or might be to deliver something you know so everything we've been speaking about really and the what 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 i always explore with them is well what's your intention so when when you're going into this conversation with someone what's what's your intention and it's really interesting how often particularly when we're nervous we focus a lot on how and what we're going to say <laughs> so people have put a lot of effort into what i'm going to say and how i'm going to say it and they often don't focus on the intention and i and i'll really um probe quite hard on the intention to make sure is that is that intention positive so sometimes you have to really to give us a tricky conversation you've got a bit of history with someone it's like okay is your is your motivation here positive to them and to the situation and you know really explore really explore that because sometimes <clears throat> people, I've what I've noticed is people that spend a lot of time on the crafting the message and how they're going to say it. I'm sometimes saying, yeah, but what do you really think? You know, what's what's really going on? And they go, oh yeah, you know, I've, this is an issue I've got to deal with, and da 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 da. And it's like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear that, but what what what's really what's what's really driving you here? What's the real emotion you've got about the situation? And sometimes it probe a bit and they'll go, 
well, actually, I'm really pissed off with them, actually, because I've been sort of dumped in this situation and now I'm left to pick up the pieces. <laughs> it's like, OK, that's 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 the issue you've got. Because if you go in with that energy, however careful you are about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it, they'll react. They'll react to that. So so sometimes we we have to do work on ourselves to clean up our intention. Or if it's not so contentious, often people's intention is things like, um, I want them to do X, Y, and Z as a result of this. Yeah. And it's like, well, do you control that? Well, yeah, you know, if I get the right, no, no, you don't control that. So anything that your intention, it doesn't mean you can't have an outcome in mind. This isn't saying you can't think about, okay, there's an overall outcome here. This is saying at the moment of the performance, the moment you're engaging them, you're communicating with them, whatever, it's making sure your intention is absolutely in your control. So the outcome won't be invariably, you know, if you're trying to get an idea across, but that's okay. You can know where you're heading, but your intention has to be, you know, things like I want to be really, I want to be clear in the messages that I want to get across, right? What are those key messages? So you help someone work out, right? The key messages are, okay, that's my intention. I want to get that. I want to make sure I communicate those key messages really well. I want my intention is to really listen to them so that I understand what they're hearing and what they're not hearing. So, you know, you can you can help someone get really clear on that, because if you're clear on the intention, what you do tends to flow from that place. You know, your intention is about your being in a way. Your intention is how you're being, how you're showing up, what's the experience you're going to create. And then from that what you do sort of flows and then often the goal I would often try and get someone to is the only goal you can have is do your best in the moment yeah yeah and I always remember Steve Peters who was the psychiatrist who worked with the British cycling team when they were winning all the Olympics you know he I saw an interview with him and I thought it was so good he said you know working with the Olympic athletes who are on a four-year cycle he said, you know, your whole four years is to win a gold medal. That's your whole focus. And he said, that's the outcome. He said, but if you're in the final, that is the worst point of focus. He said, if you're in the final and your focus is on winning the gold, you're in trouble. Because he said, your, your unconscious knows that that's not in your gift. So it gets anxious because you're you're asking it to focus on something that it knows it can't guarantee to deliver and so he would because he said you don't know how you'll be that day you don't know what the track conditions will be you don't know what your competitor is going to do you don't know what the officials are going to do he said there's so many variables that determine the outcome and he said the only goal you can have is to do your best in the moment and you have to catch the fact that your best might not be the best you had yesterday. <laughs> so it's not be your best, you know, hit your personal best. It's really not because you're saying you don't know. You don't know what how your body's going to be that day and, and so on and so forth. And it's really interesting because when I've 
I worked for someone fairly recently who she had to do a present. She hates presentations. <clears throat> and we worked on that. We worked on what's the intention and what the goal. And she sent me a lovely note saying it went really well and people were really positive and she said, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and, and it's like, well, if you get the preparation right, you just give yourself the, the best chance of being successful it doesn't guarantee it but but you can do the wrong preparation i think and often the wrong preparation is overthinking it um over planning it you know you have to be clear on your intention and you know what you want to say and everything but don't don't overdo it in a way just trust that then in the moment you ought to step forward yeah, there's, there's, there is something for me about things like overthinking, over over prepping, actually is is about a greater investment in the outcome. That that's really yes. what's what's driving it. Because I mean, I got to remember, you know, some of our early conversations, and one of the things that you you significantly helped me with was that sort of, you know, is everything that we were talking about now on the on this very very subject, and and you know, that what how how do I how do I go about preparing for some of the examples that we've been talking about uh, t today? Is I make sure I make sure I've done the the the, the right level of prep for for me um that, that's appropriate for that situation so i can think about things where i've uh you know i've written out every word i want to want to say in a particular com conversation or a presentation or whatever and I've, I've absolutely written that down and you know maybe highlighted those sort of key key messages so you know do, do the prep that works for me even like interview situations as well you know making sure i understand what's my key messages what my some of my examples so really really knowing those things doing the prep that you talked about and then absolutely trusting in myself that the, the right thing will come to me if I am absolutely present and connected yeah. to that conversation right. um, uh, and not worried about the, that outcome that, yeah. you know, in these situations, if I, I don't know, if I haven't said every word that I intended, well, maybe, maybe it wasn't that important because yeah. if I am connected, if I am present, what, what is my intention? I know, I trust that the, the, the right thing will come to me and if it doesn't come to me it can't have been the right the right thing so so i do have that sort of trust in in the moment and yeah and 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 not worry about what are those things that people will think of me because i you know i, I genuinely have that belief if i've done the right prep if i'm connected to to the moment that i am present actually you know i, I have done my best um yeah. and, and i can look myself in the mirror that if if whatever reason somebody doesn't like what i've said or i come across and maybe these people are influenced or people i care about or whatever well do you know what that's meant to be for whatever reason because yeah. i know i've done all i possibly can i absolutely have have done done my best mm. so so being in the moment, not being invested in the outcome, not worried about what things will you know what 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 people will will think genuinely think these days that by applying those two two things three things i think it's two really is 
I, I, I know I get in terms of me, I get the best out of me in those moments, whatever my best may be in that, and that moment, whatever the outcome might be. Yeah. And I, I think something's just, you've just triggered a thought actually, which I think um, is that <clears throat> you do the preparation and then you let it go. And the value of that is that, that when you're engaging with someone or engaging with an audience, you are creating a, a relationship or creating a field that you're all part of that has never been created before, that is fresh of that moment. And if so, it's a creation. You are creating an experience for you and for the and the, the people there. You're creating a field that you're all party to. And so if you're coming from being and you're creating you're connected to that moment, it it's sort of why often as you get more experience with doing things like presentations and so on, you do the preparation. So you've got, like you said, like exactly what you said, Gag, the key messages and so on. But interestingly, I think as you get do it more, as I've done it more and more and more over the years, you do, you still do that, but you let it go a lot more because you've got experience of doing it. But also yeah. because you know that if you turn up fresh to that audience or to that person, you bet, you bet if you're really present, something will come to mind that you've not thought about before or expressed yeah. before or, 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 or sort of um, described in a particular way. I sort of know that with <clears throat> sometimes in the one-to-one -one work, well, I sort of do it in groups and one-to-one, -one, but sometimes you find yourself or I'll find myself talking about something <clears throat> and I'll come up with a metaphor and example, I think, my god i've never i've never thought of that before yeah yeah honestly yeah. it's like why where did that come from and so yeah. i think that's i think that is an important point because <clears throat> i remember a few years ago i worked with someone who she was she was a really senior level she had a young family she had a lot on her plate and she'd been really successful uh, early in her career actually for her age where she'd got to and she described to me how she prepared for meetings and stuff. And she'd do all these scenarios. But if they say that, I'll do this. And if it says that, I'll do this. And, da, da, da. and yeah. I'm thinking, gee, how do you keep all that on your mind? No wonder you're feeling overwhelmed with everything. <clears throat> and I would just think, God, if you took if you take that into a meeting, how frazzled must you be? And I said to her, I said, just take me through when you actually get in the meeting take me through a recent example of a meeting you've been in just what what how is it for you what what do you do how do you show up sort of thing and she described like being so present and so engaged and so in the moment <clears throat> and so responsive i was thinking oh that's why you're successful what is that <laughs> and i was saying to her i said have you ever sort of just thought that do you know all the thinking you do beforehand? You know, she said, yeah, the preparation. I said, yeah, yeah. You, but you know the preparation you do for the content? She said, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I said, 
Have you ever thought the, the other preparation you do, which is the scenario bit, have you ever thought that's, it's a waste of time? She goes, what, what do you mean? I said, well, how often does it play out that way? And she said, yeah, not very often. I said, well, so and what do you do then? She said, well, I just respond in the moment. And, <laughs> and I said, so do you reckon if you didn't do all of that, that other bit of preparation, that might take away some of the overthinking and da 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 da. And <clears throat> honestly, she not really thought about it. And it was so interesting because when, when we followed up, she'd had to drive to a, a client that was about 40 minute drive away. And she said, normally, my mind is like, right, uh, get get into this if if this happens and that. And she'd replay all these scenarios. <clears throat> and she said, I was just driving, thinking, God, my my life is really, my mind is really quiet. She said, it was like a bizarre experience that I never, I never have that. And she said, and I thought, what? I wonder if I can think about it. And she said, I was trying to prompt myself to to think. <laughs> and she said. I just couldn't do it. I just thought there's no there's no point. So I just thought I'll just enjoy the journey. And I said, oh, how did the meeting go? Sure, went really went really well. <clears throat> and I I think that's I often that is the hidden inefficiency for people when people often you know working with people that are busy and have got lots on that they if they see no of course you've got to prepare but invariably people end up having the meetings that are more difficult more challenging where they they feel they're they're less effective <clears throat> they sometimes are overthinking it and creating that problem and i've had people that have really seen that my god i deal with this meeting over here that's still quite tricky but I just prepare for it and then I'm just present and I manage all the dynamics that happen. <clears throat> and this one over here that is always really difficult and I put more and more time and effort into preparing it and it's going and it's making it even worse <laughs> and realising, yeah. oh my God, the one that's worse, I, I overthink and the one that's really good, I have very little thinking about. And it's like, there's your answer because in that one you're present and so you sort it out you sort all the dynamics out in the other one you're so caught up in your own mind because you've overthought it that you've become less effective <clears throat> so i think some useful yeah it's really quite it's come quite back simple to, come, come back to... oh it's yeah it's wonderfully wonderfully simple uh, easy to say <laughs> as ever yeah. um, come back to that freshness thing i was i was working with somebody a couple of months back and um <laughs> working on working on a, on a particular problem and we were having a great conversation and then certainly hugely present and connected to the conversation and and i sort of came up with a a metaphor for in this situation it was sort of you know that that innate happiness that we talk about um here and, and every now and again on, on the podcast is is something that is is there and is present and 
I sort of it came to me in the moment. I said, look, it, it's it's almost like a magnet. It wants you there. It's pulling you back in there. And actually, that the 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 friction and the tension that you're causing is almost like you're you're fighting that that magnet that's just pulling you back. And actually, if you just sort of almost stopped and stopped fighting, you can you can just come back to it. And I've never thought thought about it as a magnet before. Um, it just came to me and came to me in that in that moment. Um, and and she was like, oh my God, that's that's so true. I've never thought about that way. That's that's hugely, hugely powerful. And it was a real kind of like insight and, and moment. And you know, she sort of came back to it moments later saying, oh, my God, you know, when when you've talked to people before about that magnet, I mean, it must really resonate because it, it, it resonated so strongly with me. I said, I've never thought about it before. I've never talked to anyone about that at all. It just came to me in that moment. The freshness that you're describing came to me because that connection was there and it had such a profound effect. Yeah. It's really interesting because sometimes then I get trapped because you you will say something in a way and someone, you can feel like the light goes on. They just go, oh my God, that's like... And then later on, you know, I'm dealing with a similar thing with someone, and I think, oh yeah, that that thing. And then you you're like in your mind, you're like, all right, I got I got the one to you know, and then you say it, <laughs> and they, they just go, oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I see what you're saying, and like move on, sort of thing. And it's like, oh, and so honestly, I think, of course, we'll have ways of describing stuff. Um, you know that you can reuse but there is something about even that if you use it because it's of the moment it has a different feel to it than something that you've pre-planned and again it's not saying that you know if you're particularly doing a presentation and so on you often have got slides and things that you want to get across but so it's not saying that that's not valuable but the more then within that, you're, you're trusting your ability to be present. It's amazing what else might come up in the, even like with the way you and I do this, you know, we have notes about things, we've got some ideas about things that we're going to describe. But <clears throat> it's, I'm always surprised at some of the stuff that as, as I'm listening to you, <laughs> something else occurs and I think. Well, like that, the field, I've never talked about it in the in the field in that way before, but that was just coming up as you were describing. So I thought, oh, well, actually, yeah, that's re- that's a really important point that we haven't really brought out. Um, and so it, it is amazing, actually, when when you're. When you tune into that, that more. I don't know what you call it, higher forces, universal mind, that greater intelligence, wisdom, you know, all sorts of ways are described. But when when you when you're in your being and you are definitely connected to something that really complements and enhances your own personal thinking, that doesn't mean our personal thinking is not of value and helpful. But if we're tuning into that a more intuitive mind that Einstein described it as you just realize that's where the good stuff is really you know because it's fresh it's it it's more insightful um it's often a deep it's a it's a deeper truth it <clears throat> I think it 
it sort of comes from knowing. I think what we know is really useful, but that knowing presence, which only can come from being, has a different quality to it because it's of the moment. It's a knowing of the moment. It's so sort of, um, it, it, it's so much deeper <clears throat> and it feels much more alive. It's less fixed. Whereas what we know is quite fixed. Oh, I know the answer to that. I know what the right thing to do is, it's quite fixed. I think often when we're more in that knowing, we the way we might describe something or the decision we might make about something might be completely different from one day to the next. And <clears throat> someone was asking me the other day about authenticity, you know, what authenticity is and how it fits with what, what we've been talking, what we're talking about. And, you know, my view is that authenticity comes from your being. It comes from that knowing presence and awareness because it's not fixed that she was describing something with her daughter and she made a particular decision one day and I was saying you know tomorrow you might make a different decision because there isn't the right there isn't the right way to parent your child that that what you choose to do with her today where she's sort of given in to her about something and then had a lovely experience with her. You think, well, that was lovely. But her daughter, she knew had slightly manipulated her to, to, to that situation by pretending to be ill. <laughs> and I sent her, so tomorrow you might think, you know, you might think, no, she needs to learn that that's, that, you know, that, that, that isn't always the right thing to do. But you can't say what's right or wrong in that. It's like, well, if but if you're in your knowing awareness and your knowing presence, you'll have a feel for today that felt the right thing to do. And tomorrow I might do I might have a different conversation. I might do something different to teach her a bit more about sort of boundaries or more about being being honest about things. Um so I, I think that that knowing awareness, that knowing in our being is something that is like a well that you can keep going back to and getting different things from, different ideas, mm -hmm. different metaphors, different ways of describing things, different insights about things, different learnings that build on other things you've you've learned. It's just so fresh. It's just such a lovely place to live from. It's alive. We're part of that flow. It feels a really lovely place to end and wrap up our conversation today, Steve. Is there any last comment or what last comments or summary would you like to make? Um, <clears throat> not particularly. No, I, I think we've I think we've covered quite a lot of ground, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, uh, hopefully we've brought across that sense of lots of things we've been talking about this is 
this is a little bit more of an application of that, I suppose, or, or an exploration yes. of the implications Lovely. of that. Yeah. And so, you know, I just hope that people have been able to get a feel a feel for that so that there's some things you can sort of do to just experiment and explore that for, for yourself, really. Yeah. How about you? Was there anything yeah, else that was particularly on your mind? Yeah, do you know, I was slightly tempted to sort of, you know, give a give a summary of some of those key key messages, but actually, I I I won't because I think I think each of us will take something different out of what we were talking about to, today. So I'll, I'll I'll actually not blur blur that. I'll just leave it to to you for you to take out whatever has resonated for you today about speaking in public about that interesting topic that we've gone through today but again as we said at the start it's about it's about bringing to life being and just seeing how that shows up and 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 some of the stuff that we talk about clearly applies in more than just speaking in public but hopefully there is there's something that you've taken from today um if there is um and you see a difference or you see an application for good bad or indifferent whatever it may be please tell us we would just love to hear your views we'd love to hear your experiences uh, some of the stories you've heard today stories some of some of the things that we've examples that we've talked about today actually are coming from people who are listening to the podcast and and giving us some some insights so look we would just encourage you to please get in contact through the email through instagram uh, by reading uh, the the blog which um interestingly was about control so some of those some of the things we were talking about there uh, today in speaking in public actually we didn't particularly make in the control blog but they very much apply there so so plenty of ways to to get in touch with us um please give us reviews on itunes uh on apple podcasts on spotify these things do make it a difference so please if you are enjoying us for good for bad whatever please give honest authentic in the moment views on, on what we're doing um and 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 look you know if there is stuff that you think um is uh having an impact for you and you think that there are people that you know that you think would be interested would be open would be curious people who actually would um uh, find something helpful from the conversations that we're having then please we just encourage you to share that's all we're ever really trying to do is to to share our understanding and we just hope that you can pass that on to to others to to see some of the benefits of what we're talking about so so please get in touch so uh so that was episode two of uh series two of everyday being uh steve any final thoughts for us today no that's good thanks gareth good no you're more than welcome great conversation thank you steve thank you as ever for listening and being with us take care look after yourself and sending you lots and lots of love bye for now